beautiful Monday afternoon. I don't know how it is around you guys. It is so nice by me. It's like Carolina. 40 and rainy. <laughs> ben says it's it 40 and rainy. November in Ithaca, <laughs> let me tell you. I tell you what, uh, this is my first time living outside of New York um, besides LA, where I did a semester abroad with the one and only Ben Carlton, who now joins mm. me on the show. Mm. Smooth transition. Mm. Yes, yeah, me. Um, it's really nice here. It says, oh, uh, it, I think the weather, it says it gets down to like 30, 35, like the lowest, which is beautiful. It's like 60 okay. degrees right now here and sunny. Like it's, Must and of course, I'm just staying nice. inside. Must be nice. Of course, I'm just staying inside, you know. And I like, I like, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I like to spend Monday mornings, like, you know, have my coffee and yogurt outside, sit on the porch, even if it's like a little bit chilly. I don't mind the, you know, the cold air kind of wakes me up. Uh, Jeremy, it's not let's go Giants. Like that win, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes. We'll that win about, yeah. is like actually about as bad a result as we possibly could have asked for as Giants fans. Before, let me just coffee and my yogurt on the porch. It was just too disgusting this morning for me to like remotely enjoy sitting on the porch, like windy, rainy. I've got a covered porch. Like I don't normally like get, if it's raining, I can like sit there and not get wet, but it was just like, it's just such a gross day. I was like, I'm having my coffee in my room. I'm not dealing with this. I'm I'm not dealing with this. I'm sorry, Ben. Um, I feel like we were about to get into sports and that didn't feel right because we got to like defer a little bit. We got to just, completely get off topic and then obviously throw our show off the rails um obviously. i i saw this interesting uh this question I, I i think it was someone from barstool asked it like what is what day of the week's coffee is the best he said saturday coffee Fine. i think like i think like i i'm hesitant to pick any day of the week just because that's like necessary coffee but i feel like sunday coffee is, is i was literally gonna say either sunday coffee because it's like Cause that's a coffee where I'm like, I'm drinking it. Not cause I'm like, Oh my God, it's fucking Monday. I've got to like get up, like, you know, get going yeah. up the week. It's like, okay. Like I'm waking up hungover, not necessarily ready to attack the day, but like, let me go get my, let me get my breakfast. Let me get like a big coffee and like yeah. settle in for watching football all day. It's yeah. Yeah. Life's hard on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy, for those of you who don't understand, we've explained this before we've got, we're going live on our Instagram right now. <laughs> Jeremy Goldstein is one of the optimistic fans i've ever encountered stratton's a close second who's also commenting there we might as well just start with why it's bad for the giants to have won this game you want to start you want to start like in the middle of our slate and in, in in the tier that we well, pick no one gives a shit about this i'm trying to respond to the fans here hey you keep, keep the reel them in reel them in reel them in if the giants win the nfc east with like four or five wins do you not understand how much of a disaster that is for like the future of this team Daniel Jones is not the franchise quarterback. I'm very confident in telling you that much. This team needs help everywhere. If we end up picking 18th, I and mean, what what is the worst playoff? Where's the worst playoff team pick? I think it's 18th. 20th. 20th. I think the Giants need to be in the business of acquiring elite level talent. Would you love it, Jeremy? Would you love that the Giants would get win the right to get smoked in the first round of the playoffs? Like. Let's keep in mind, like, the reason the Giants have looked so good the last – not even so good. The reason the Giants have looked the best they've looked all season the last two weeks is because they played the football team and the Eagles. Like, congratulations. The Giants beat two NFC East teams. What, like – that's nothing to, like, write home about. 
They're not improving every week, Jeremy. They're not. Hey, Ben, don't let them reel you in, Ben. Let's stay on topic. Hey, stay on Giants, topic. We'll look, to talk Giants. to me next week when the Giants get smoked by – I don't even know who the Giants are playing next week. Let's see. Bengals. Oh. Like, that, the, the Bengals aren't good, but you think Joe Burrow's going to not have a field day? Ben, I don't want to talk about the Giants in the first right, three right, minutes I'm of done. our show. I'm done. We, we, I'm done. We, I, don't worry. It's on the rundown. It's there. Best two and five team you've ever seen. Shut All up. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll start with we'll start with some good news. Uh, it's Kim Ng being hired as the new Marlins GM. Um, I uh, a roommate of mine uh, said to me yesterday, "If you ever want to lose faith in humanity, just go on like an illegal stream on the chats on the side." Yeah. Um, and that was alive and well and. A putback dunk, unlike any I have ever seen. A putback dunk. Yeah, was just people saying, "Why is she hired? What is her resume?" And then people started pulling out what her resume was. I had never heard of her before. She worked with the Marlins. She worked with the Yankees and with the Dodgers. Um, I was like vaguely aware of who she familiar. was, just because she literally used to work yeah. with the Yankees, like a key part of that the three P years. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I knew everything about Kim Ng. I was no. like literally just vaguely like aware of the name. That's all. It's all I knew before she got hired. She uh she served as an assistant GM for the Yankees and the Dodgers, like ninety eight to one with the yeah. Yankees. She uh she's worked with making eight playoff teams and three World Series. I'd say that three rings, like I'd say that top level executive. Yeah, on three World Series winning teams. Yeah, Um, I spent the last like ten years working in the league office, I believe. I it's it, it's just it's encouraging, especially for for the Marlins because like they've they're kind of transitioning from like truly one of the laughing stocks of the league to a team that a completely salvaged their season when it looked like they might not even be able to like finish the season last year. We were like, take them out of the goddamn league. Literally Don Mattingly, very deservingly. So one NL manager of the year after throwing out a COVID team out there, it's not about socially conscious manager of the year. It's about his ability to manage a baseball team. I didn't come here to play school, man. Exactly. Um, maybe the Marlins are kind of becoming a respectable franchise again. And, you know, I'm, I am all for more respectable, like decently well-run teams in major league baseball than I am teams that aren't well-run as a, as just a, a standard point for me. It's oh, a good place to start. Um, right? I, it's funny because I don't know, rewind like a year. We were like, Jeter has no idea what he's doing. He's literally just doing this so that the Yankees get as many. Well, it, was, it wasn't that Jeter didn't know what he was doing. It was that Jeter was just, trying to get to Miami so the Yankees can get Stanton. And like, and then now, you know, go forward a year. Like trades have, you know, resulted in good pieces for them. They're making good moves. Like the overall Did sentiment. Did they trade back-to-back NL MVPs? Ah, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, that's, that's besides the point. We don't have to mention that. But No, no, we don't it, talk about that but one. But how, how difficult it is it when you're trading players of that caliber that you're going to get a lot of players back to insert into your pipe? And, and, and all of those end up working out. You want to repeat that? No, I don't want to repeat that because as soon as I said it, I looked down to see your reaction. As soon as you get people oh, to come man. back into your farm system like Players that. Players to insert into your pipe. That's <laughs> a good as, one. That is a good one. Um, what, uh, you, you get what I was trying to say when you have, when you have players that can immediately make an impact in your farm oh, system. Pipeline. Is that what, yes. is that what you're looking for? There yes. you go. Yes. A direct oh. pipe to your team. Um, like 
when you have players oh that that amount of that was funny. <laughs> okay, back to what I meant to say. When you have that amount of players that you expect a lot of in terms of uh, in terms of you know coming up into your system, like that's not even the worst I've ever said. I said Kyle. I don't know. No, yeah, it's not the worst slip up you've ever had. I don't know. This one just this one caught me. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say saying uh, C O C K on on. You just air. said it. Why didn't you just yeah. spell it out? I'd rather not well, say. Just quote, I'll, I'll quote Matthias here. He said, "Okay, uh, I, you remember what the time was? It was like six twenty, I think. Like six minutes fifteen seconds left on the game clock. Clock pause. <laughs> and I remember just like, and I was really proud of myself because I kind of just you know I kept saying it and I was like you know Ithaca lined up on their own forty three yard line." It trips to the right, and now they call timeout. And as soon as I was done talking, you ever seen like the Stephen A. Smith meme for anyone that wasn't, you know, there? I know you were there. Um, where he just like puts, he just puts his like hand on the window, and he's just like, yep. he's drifting out. And you just kept talking, and like I, as soon as I said it, I I felt you. Well, because if I didn't keep talking, I would have started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw I you, were, crack you, were me up. you were on my left, and you went, and then Justin Lutz, the SID. Shouts out Justin Lutz all the time, obviously. On my right went, <laughs> and they were both, you guys were both just laughing at me, you know, just like, do not look to the side. Do not look don't to the do side. It, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I just got a, just got a Shams tweet notification of okay. James Harden, the first three words. I had to go check. Oh. Trade to the Knicks. I didn't get traded to the Knicks. It's just, it just like a, it's so annoying when you get those notifications from the Shams, from Waters, just like, repeating like just retweeting like some article about something that's like oh not even news just like james harden if he were to get traded would want to go to a contender like yeah. really no yeah, way he wants to be on that's a contender crazy. elsewhere all right well we can't we can't talk too much yeah. nba right now we've got gonna... a huge huge week of nba uh coverage nba draft preview and nba trade predictions talking about yeah. why the knicks are going to win the eastern conference a lot of NBA stuff to get through this week, but that's not what this show is. This is going to be a uh, a strict NFL Sunday recap, obviously a little Monday look ahead. But later in the week, tomorrow and Thursday, we got loads and loads of NBA coverage for mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah, um, poof, that is. I, it's so hard. I just wanna wanna talk about it. But this is exactly what we just talked about. If yeah. we start, we it's a good thing we didn't prep any NBA because otherwise we would just get right into all the yeah. NBA stuff we want to talk about. So yeah. we're going to exercise the tiniest little bit of restraint and stick to NFL today. <laughs> um, so for week 10, uh, you know, we, you wrote this on the, on the rundown. You said it's a mid slate. And like, it yeah. was like, there were good games and it was super backloaded because the masters was going on yep. um, at CBS at the one o'clock hour. And like, you know, it made sense. And it kind of sucked because there were so many good games towards the end. But I will say the one o'clock games ended up being kind of entertaining. Honestly, yeah. no, it was a very like it was a very well balanced NFL Sunday. I would say. Yeah, it ended unfortunately, up I, well. you know, I, I I hate when the Giants have a one o'clock because it just it means I start the day on such a bad note. And like yeah. by the, by four by the end of the one o'clock slate, getting into the four, I'm just like. Either upset because the Giants played like shit and then, you know, maybe they lost the game, which is good long-term term, or I'm really upset because the Giants actually won and are now a game back from winning the goddamn NFC East. But we'll talk about that when we actually get to the Giants game. So we'll start with the game of the day. No question about it. Buffalo and Arizona. 
Um, you haven't heard by now. Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray is quite good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, also quite good. Very and talented if- wide receiver. Definitely uh, not a guy I would trade for a running back. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that was... That is the- Obviously, we know Bill O'Brien's a moron at this point. Yeah. Entirely unqualified to be an NFL general manager. Just looking, every time you see that DeAndre Hopkins trade come up, you're just like, Bill O'Brien really said, you know who I want on my team? David Johnson. You know who I'm going to give up to get this uh, this elite running back, game-changing player, a guy that you just need to have on your team? I'm going to trade DeAndre Hopkins for him. And look, it's not like... I was about to, I was about to. It does not make a lick of sense. And, and, you know, newsflash, if you have a very good young quarterback or you have a young quarterback you believe in, go get him a good receiver if you can. And like, it's not fair. And hear me out. Let me finish this because I'm not directly comparing it. It's not fair to say the same thing about the Giants, right? But that's something that they were looking at with the OBJ trade. That's something we were saying, you know, you get a haul back for OBJ and obviously it's not enough and it should have been more, but with someone like Daniel Jones, you just go out, you draft your quarterback who at the time you think is going to be your quarterback of the future. You got to give him the the big difference there though. I know you're saying it's not quite the same thing. The big difference is at the time, Deshaun Watson is looking like a a future MVP candidate. Yeah, The big difference is that the Giants hadn't done anything at that point. Exactly. Made it to the playoffs one time. The, The Texans were like, you know, like they started off well against the eventual champions and obviously they fell apart, but it's a good team. That's a, at least at the very least a playoff team, a team that can, if they get hot, can make it deep into. The yeah. Playoffs. I agree with that. Yeah. But again, like you look back at the way the, the whole giant situation worked out. It's like as frustrating as it was to trade Odell, it was arguably almost as frustrating to sign into that type of contract when this team just had so many holes elsewhere. It's yeah. like, even was Odell the clear-cut number one receiver in the NFL at the time? Nah, not really. Definitely in that conversation, yeah. one of the three or four best receivers in the league. Yep. But, you know, obviously, and again, it's not that he didn't necessarily deserve that type of contract, but just it didn't make a whole lot of sense for the Giants to commit that type of money to a position that's not really a, a true impact position. You know, it looks good. It looks really good when it works out, but obviously it didn't work out for the Giants. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why we're talking about the Giants again. The Um, question that I have been starting to ask myself, kind of started asking it after Kyler beat the Seahawks in overtime. The answer is yes. That was probably a little, little presumptive, not presumptive, preemptive. Yeah. When does the Kyler Murray MVP conversation start? And should it already be started? I think it should do. You just look at the Vegas numbers here. Preseason, I don't know when exactly this, you know, preseason, when these preseason odds are from. Mm -hmm. Plus 2,200, according to Vegas, for Kyler for MVP. Currently, just plus 700. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- those odds are juicy, one might you, say. You, you jump on that the same way you would have jumped on. I think the Giants were like a plus 2,000 to win the division like two weeks ago. And you're like, yeah. dude, just throw five bucks on it, honestly. Like, exactly. I was texting Stratton today, and I was like, what what odds can you get on, on Kyler for MVP yeah. right now? Like. Do like I necessarily think I so all right? So I put that in the rundown. I was kind of doing a little research after the fact to see like how far off is he? He, I mean, look, he's plus seven hundred for a reason. He's not quite the MVP, but we've yeah. been talking all year long about Russ winning MVP, and he was mm-hmm. our prediction preseason. And so much of it is narrative based. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson comes in with a Seahawks team with a terrible defense, where he's got to consistently throw the ball and move the ball to keep 
to keep the Seahawks winning games. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Russell Wilson is not playing well. Sham Shrey just tweeted the Orlando. What? Shams just tweeted the Orlando. Okay. You so have, they're going to... I guess they're, they're gonna, doing something. I mean, unless like... Yeah. Yeah, no, that just says uh, the Orlando. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. See, like, we, we can't lie and say we're not going to talk any basketball because we have yeah. our, you know, our, our our bombs on, our Shams bombs and our Woj bombs on. Um, and our John yeah, Salerno bombs. And our John Salerno bombs. Um, yeah, on, on the Kyler front, I mean, he's still, like, 10th in touchdowns. He's got a seven a 17 to 8 touchdown rate. Like, Patrick Mahomes still has a, uh, was it 25 to 1? I think Aaron Rodgers – has something like 26 uh, hold, on, hold on, I've got him. Yeah. Rogers is at, hold on, where are they? Let's scroll back up here. All right, so Wilson's at 28 touchdowns, 10 picks. Rogers is 26 and three. Patty Holmes 25 and one, which is yeah. <clears throat> absurd. Let me yeah. just say. I mean, even Josh Allen, 21 to seven. Like it, yeah. he still has a long ways to go, but Kyler Murray has entered the chat. But as we talked about last week, you it's compare scenario. Kyler's current season to Lamar's MVP season from just last year. Mm-hmm. Lamar is on pace to put a better or Kyler's on pace to put a better numbers than Lamar did last yeah. year. Don't space current. I again, this is all on pace. These are not what his numbers are actually at. Not saying he's Currently going to on pace for the first ever 4,000 yard, 1,000 yard, 4,000 passing, 1,000 yard rushing season. Mm-hmm. He's got 27 total touchdowns right now. Oh, was Orlando signed 2019 number 16 overall pick Chuma Okiki to his rookie contract. That's disappointing. Um, Cardinals are leading the NFL in yards per game. They're first in the toughest division in football right now. If Kyler keeps this up and is, you know, if he can especially cut down the turnovers. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I want to hop on these Kyler plus 700 odds now. Cause I think it's only going to get closer and closer and closer between him and, and yeah. Mahomes. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm still not, I'm not worried about Buffalo after this loss because I mean, that's, that's a miraculous play yeah. to lose. I think, very much. I, I'm taking more away from this from the Arizona side than I am the Buffalo one because Arizona, we said going into this week was, we think they're a legit, you know, like not a contender. We think they're a pretender. They're kind of that tier below. They can, you know, make yeah. some noise. They are most certainly in that tier. They're they leading are, the hardest yeah. division in football right now. I mean, how are, could you How could you look at them as anything yeah. other than a legitimate contender? Yeah. Are they top tier, like elite NFL team? Not yet. Uh-huh. Are they trending in that direction? I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm still, I still feel good about the Bills winning the division, but don't look now, man. You're, you're a game ahead of Miami. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you talk about how it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for Buffalo. I thought Buffalo did a great job, especially. Yeah. And, and obviously, you're playing Arizona. Your two main factors, the two, your two main worries about on the Cardinals' offense, Kyler and Hop. D-Hop had a solid game before that Hail Mary, six receptions for like 80-something yards, no touchdowns. If that, if you can hold D-Hop to that, yeah. you're very happy. And with like, you know, Tredavious White is good, but he's not. But also D-Hop is that, DeAndre Hopkins is that good where like yeah. keeping him out of the end zone is your main goal. Like you can, mm-hmm. you'll give up catches, you'll give up yards. If you can keep him out of the end zone, which they did for, you know, the first 59 minutes and 58 seconds of the game, mm-hmm. you're pretty happy. Josh Allen. Yeah had another bounce back performance after that miserable three games. Yeah. I, is miserable too strong a word there? No, the well, yeah, well, no, well, the, the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the Seahawks game. Yeah, absolutely lit him on yeah, fire. True. True. Well, I'm talking yeah. about the three before, before that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah. he's continuing his, 
is yeah. return back to the Josh Allen until oh. the first few weeks of the year. Though I think yeah. that really does kind of reflect Josh Allen in his third season pretty damn well. Yeah. Started off the season real hot, coming off tra- his training camp, all his offseason work, all that. You know, his, his changes are fresh in his mind. But it's tough to keep those to keep your changes, your your offseason changes implemented when you get into the full season. You got to maintain your body. You're banged up. I think it's pretty indicative of Josh Allen as a player right now that he's still a little bit streaky. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about turnovers with them. I think that's a perfect transition into our next game because this yeah. is someone that we Although had both la- picked- la- Last point on, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, on the Seahawks or the Bills-Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins just... <laughs> what more do you want to say? Oh my I mean, God. <laughs> that, that was like, that was reminiscent. That was reminiscent of, uh, of Calvin Johnson's Hail Mary catch against the Bengals when he was triple coach. Well, I saw a like, great picture on Twitter. It was like, it was from like the back of the end zone where you could see all, every, just, it was like, it was like a, a still shot, just like cropped from like, probably like everyone's elbows up. Yeah. And it's just, you see one DeAndre Hopkins, Jordan brand. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else hand Jordan. on the ball. And like someone Adidas, posted it. Nike. And, Someone was like, that's an ad for Jordan right there. Yeah, yeah. It's literally, sick. like, just jump. You know, like, it, it, that easy. There's a reason I'm not working in that because I was Yeah, terrible. I was going to say, that sounds real, real similar <laughs> to another uh, another catchphrase. Well, exactly. That's why. There's a, re- there's a reason Matias is not a PR expert right hey, now. Hey, man, that, that's, that's, that's a Jumpman ad just waiting to be written. Like, yeah. um, so. Uh, but, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. That's all I have to say. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, let's move on to our next game, which is. You know, Seattle and the Rams. Rams defeat Seattle 23 to 16. Again, Seattle doesn't look good. But the biggest thing we take away from this is Russell Wilson. This is someone who we praised and for good reason coming into the season because takes care of the ball. For good reason up until like two weeks ago. Yeah. Let me read you. Up to two weeks ago, I think you and I were both feeling pretty damn good about calling Russell Wilson the MVP preseason. I think basically everyone was. He was the favorite at that point. Uh, Let me read you a couple of uh, stats. I found from Russell Wilson. The Ox fans, I don't know if you're going to want to listen to this. Yeah. Um, this is not good. Uh, Russell Wilson is someone who takes care of the ball a lot. He's second in the league in picks. Um, he has the most third down turnovers in the NFL with eight. Um, with all the sacks he has taken, which he's, again, he's usually pretty good with throwing the ball away as well. He's one of the worst third down quarterbacks in the league. Step Which up. just doesn't even yeah. like make sense. On top that, of that, it goes against everything I think I know about football. On top of that, Russell Wilson, one of his, you know, one of his calling cards, one of the things that make him elite is that he takes care of the football. You can't just throw the football away. He has well, that was the book on Russell turnovers. Wilson the previous couple, two, yeah. three, maybe four seasons was that he didn't take enough risks. That he was so, yeah. he was so conservative with the ball, and in some ways that hurt. You know, some of that is the Seahawks were so committed to the run two or three years mm-hmm. ago. But that was kind of the, I think, the fair knock on him was that he didn't take enough shots. And the numbers at the time indicated that he was great at throwing the ball into tight windows. Now, is that do it enough? 13 turnovers in nine games. 10 of them have come in their three losses. Yeah, that's, a, it, that's kind of like a chicken, a chicken or the egg type of stat. Yeah. Are they losing because Russell Wilson is turning the ball over, or well, are they like, losing? Or is Russell Wilson turning the ball over, and then that's why they're losing? I mean, look, I mean, it's the type of thing where I'd, I'd really have to like have like yeah. the exact breakdown of every interception, like charted Just out in front of me, right off the top of my head. Right, that Cardinals game, he had that really ugly turnover. His his third interception, a really ugly one too. 
Yeah. Let me tell you that, like, his whatever bullshit he tried to pull on the run there was that third quarter. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just I watched that over like four times this morning when we were, I was working on the rundown. I'm just like, what the hell is he trying to do? It, it's, it's unusual because you, again, you talk about he can, he takes risks now, but they're not just crazy risks. There's a reason between a risk that has a chance to be a big play and a risk that is, bro, what are you doing? There's to a reason- certain degree, Russell Wilson is very much on that tier of guys like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Throw I, I whatever would, you want. Type like, thing. go for it. Take yeah. the shot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Fuck absolutely it, go for it. Yeah. Like, but I, these are just so yeah. ugly, such awfully, just awfully kind. Obviously, no interceptions, well-timed, mm-hmm. but just like back-breaking interceptions. And it's yeah. You watch it over and over again, and yeah, I'm not an NFL coach. I don't really know what I'm looking at, other than like what I might see in a breakdown video. Mm-hmm. Who like on the third quarter pick, throwing, breaking every rule of quarterbacking on the run. You had the first down right in front of you. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like it's just hard to wrap my head around. Um, you know, a couple other things from this game. I mean. Seahawks are struggling from not having their top two running backs and their Alex Collins is their starting running back is never a, a good it's sign for you. Back. Like, um, you know, like it's, we said on the show, like there are some things that the Rams can do that might give them trouble, you know, with the really good pass rush they have, they have a, a true number one corner in Jalen Ramsey. They don't I absolutely yeah. locked up DK Metcalf. Yeah. Four I, targets Met- one through the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. Finished two for 28 on four targets. Like that's, you know, that's a win. That, that is a true number one shutdown corner right there. And I've got to – I feel like it was, what, maybe week four, week five, we were talking about, like, is Jalen Ramsey that type of shutdown corner? Well, we had the conversation after he got the huge extension, and I remember something yeah. you said, which I won't bring up. I go uh, for it. I said he wasn't – I said yeah. he hadn't proven himself as that, like, true – I say Revis ask. I'm not saying he's Darrell Revis, but that true, like, yeah. wipeout, lockdown number one corner mm-hmm. – yeah. Not, no disrespect to Jalen Ramsey. I was never saying he's a bad defensive back. He just, up until this point, he's been more of kind of like a hybrid mm-hmm. creative playmaking piece as opposed to like that guy who travels with the DK Metcalfs, the D hops, those, those receivers of the world, but he's yeah. proven me damn wrong. Yeah. Well, that he has. <laughs> um, last thing on them is time to worry about the Hawks. Right. Like, Yes. I think so. I not worry like they're not going to make the playoffs, but like not there's super no more worried. There. But like you, all of a sudden you go from Seahawks looking like a lot like to concern, the like kind of lowering your glasses type of thing. Like like oh, this is interesting. I mean, like, all of a sudden, every team in the NFC West is six and three, and then you've got the Niners. Yeah, that's I. Is it like panic mode? No, I would be more than a little concerned if I was Seattle. Yeah, gun to your head right now. Who wins the division? I still pick Seattle. Without looking at ske- without without looking at schedules, I still pick Seattle. When do the Cards and Seahawks play again? Probably, I think soon. I think really soon. Well, because I know the NFL tried to make Week 17 all divisional. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm done. They played this Thursday, which will actually be a great game. Right, right. They do. Ooh, that will be a yeah. fun game. I mean, watch Seahawks oh, wow. lose that game. Seahawks lose that game. We have a much different conversation. Seattle's got a real interesting schedule here. The rest what do of they the got? At home versus the Cardinals on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Must then win game. In Philly Monday night. That's a dub. That's uh, that. I, that's low key a trap game. Like I know Philly's bad, but like Philly is bad. Let's just let's remember who Philly yeah. lost to this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Philly's really bad. Uh, guess who they play the next week? The Giants. That's another win. Although apparently the Giants are the best two and seven team that we've ever fucking seen. I believe it. Drives me up a wall. Then after the Giants, guess who they play? Who? What's what's the easiest win in the NFL right now? Jets. Yep. Oh right, I'm gonna pick them for my survivor pool that week. I remember. <laughs> then they go Washington. Then the last two weeks of the season, L.A. and San Fran. Got to get their shit together in division. Like What kind of concerns me here is that the Seahawks play four god-awful teams and then close against the Rams and another not great team against the Niners in Week 17, but a team, a team that team will that... absolutely be fired up to really ruin your playoff yeah. shot. And again, that's that that's a bad team that will not roll over. Also, who plays, who plays corner for the Niners these days? Oh, I knew it. Uh, they have, I think they have one guy who's not hurt. You're not, you're not picking it up, are you? No. Richard Sherman. Well, he's been hurt. I don't think he's played yet. I thought he was like week to week. I don't, I don't think he's played yet this season. If Richard, point being, if Richard Sherman's playing week 17, talking yeah. about a revenge game. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Sherman just starts swinging at everyone. I think that's a point being long, long, long point boiled down. Seahawks are in a pretty solid position where they, yeah, they might lose to the Cardinals again, but then they could very easily rattle off five of their last six games for wins. Yeah. Um, You know, we've gone through the majority of the really good games. So we'll start going through these a little more, uh, a little quicker. Last game on like, you know, really good games. Uh, Indy and Tennessee, uh, Indy winning 34, 17, both teams now six and three. Indy has that tiebreaker, obviously. Um, you know, it, it's been a while since that game. It was on Thursday. Um, but yeah. it was, that was a complete Colts victory. They won in all three phases of football. Uh, <laughs> I have to come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have playmakers that can take the top off the defense. Love it. All love that, it. All that good stuff. And what we said was going to be the key to every Colts game is exactly what happened. It's as comfortable as you can keep Philip Rivers. He was comfortable in the pocket, and he played really well against Indy. Um, Tennessee, Look, Tennessee makes their pressure in the interior of the line, and that just so happens to be the best part of the line for the Colts. I don't think the Colts are a 17-point uh, better team than Tennessee. They'll probably split the next game, but uh, this was really good to see from the Colts. It's, it's the type of, like, like, I know one of us here picked the Colts to win the uh, division, and it wasn't me. Is Philip Rivers really like that type of quarterback anymore? That's my question. Every time I see, every time I see anything about like, oh, I like can't, you know, will Indy make the playoffs? What can Indy make any noise in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. What type of quarterback is Philip Rivers these days? Realistically, is he anything better than just kind of like a league average, like I, he's Ryan Tannehill average. type of guy? I don't really know. Is Ryan Tannehill has... above average? I, yeah. I'd say, is Ryan I'd say Tannehill going to win you games when you you need a quarterback to win you a game? You want Ryan Tannehill? Do you want Philip Rivers doing that? No. I don't. I'll answer my I, own I, question. I, I don't want Philip Rivers. I, I'm also a quarterback with the game on the line. I'm also not. I never said that Philip Rivers is going to win you a game. I'm not saying, but I mean, if I mean, you're talking about them winning the division, that means you're talking about them making the playoffs. I mean, uh, Philip Rivers when you can keep a good pocket against him and you allow him to operate, that's a quarterback that can get you. 300 yards and get you like a three to one touchdown ratio right like i'm looking at like their their wins right i haven't pulled up against tennessee 29 of 39 308 yards a touchdown and and no interceptions right nothing nothing crazy there uh win against detroit 23 of 33 
with 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The big thing for him is not throwing any interceptions. I mean, you look at the comeback. Well, he's thrown seven this year, so. Yeah. Well, okay, but he's That's thrown a lot. pick a game. Yeah, well, you know who's thrown, you know, 10? Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson's got a lot more leeway to throw picks than Philip Rivers yeah. does in my he, he's still He's still got 11 touchdowns on the season. All I'm saying is if you can that, keep the – Are you saying that's good? No. 11 not, touchdowns in nine games? That's, that's not no, good. That's not very good. But that's what really I'm saying, bad, actually. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is Philip Rivers is still a serviceable amount, uh, enough quarterback. You keep a clean pocket around him. He, they have enough talent on that team that they can scare some people. I don't think they're going to, I don't, I didn't pick them to make it to the conference, the conference matchup. I think I had them losing in the first round. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but Phillip like, rivers does not worry me at all. Fair, but at least he probably won't worry you the other way. Yeah. I have the Titans actually beating the Colts in the first round. That'd be a fun that, matchup. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be, I guess that is very, possible. Technically. Yeah. Two very evenly matched teams. Like yeah. it was a fun matchup. I, that's what we saw on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad to hear that you enjoyed Thursday Night Football, Ben. Did I say I enjoyed it or did I say I watched it? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some more matchups to watch. A lot of these came in the one o'clock hour, not all of them. Um, but you know, surprisingly entertaining. Uh, Panthers, uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay just ran all over them 46 to 23. The final score, Carolina 98 now. of those yards came on one run yeah. from Ronald Jones. Um, I, you know, look, Tampa Bay came out and they did what they had to do. I think Carolina yeah. is. You know, they're they're not a terrible three and six team coming into this now. They're Are they the seven, best obviously. three and seven team we've ever seen? Yeah, ridiculous. Like <laughs> what type of comment Save the is fire. that? Save the what fire. type of comment we'll, is we'll we're the best there. two and seven team we'll people have ever seen? <laughs> we'll get there. You're two we'll and seven, that's not good. There's nothing about that that's good. <laughs> um really clean game plan for the Bucks. Um, they did everything right. Uh the goat Ali Marpet, classic D three player, shout out. Dang. um like he didn't play and hobart's was, a bunch of frauds but whatever yeah true uh worrisome that their offensive line couldn't hold up against the saints which again that's a really good pass rush unit but their offense went completely berserk and also, and- we talked about this after the game last week like when you get stomped that badly the way the bucks did like you you just you throw it yeah, out. yeah you throw it out you're like we don't <laughs> even have to look at that uh, do you like, yeah do you even look at the tape in that type of game i don't know if you do it's like i no. Obviously, you look at some of it, but it's like it comes with a huge caveat of like, you know what, guys, this was an ugly, ugly game. You know, you're better than 38 to three. Like, you, it's a type of game where you look at some mistakes and you say, you know what, we just, I, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't ready. It's that yeah, simple. No. Um, I'll read you some offensive lines, uh, offensive stats for the for Tampa Bay, which no surprise because I mean they hung 46 on Carolina, but uh, nope. <laughs> Brady 28 of 39, 341 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, only sacked once, which is a yep. big one. I think he's been the worst quarterback um, when faced with pressure this season. No that surprise. surprise me. Um, I think I saw a stat. It was like coming off of three interception games or something like that. Brady is like 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. I think it's only happened twice in his wow. career. Yeah, I was gonna say no. Brady throw three picks. I, I think that I think that was the last time. So I don't know if that stat's right because I think the last time was in like 2002. Are you trying to recall some random stat you saw on yeah. Twitter like a half ago? Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> other lines. Uh, Ronald Jones. Never been. Huge, me. I've never tried to do that. <laughs> huge 98 yard run. 23 uh, rushes, 192 yards, and a touchdown. He's been fantastic this season. And then the receiving core. Of course, um, the week I finally benched Mike Evans in fantasy. Yeah. Didn't end up hurting me. I still won my matchup there. But I finally uh, benched Mike Evans because he hadn't been doing jack shit for me. 
Godwin, six receptions, 92 yards. Evan, six reception, Evans, six reception, 77 yards. A touchdown. Big one here. AB, seven catches for 69 yards. Gronk, two for 51 and a touchdown. Brate, or Brate, excuse me. Um, three for Brate, 30. The boy. Three for 31 and a touchdown. I mean, he has enough weapons around him. He can spread it around like this. Like, it is tough to defend this offense if he can if they can protect brady like this offense does not have holes in it we had our concerns about how the brady evans connection was going to work out Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season because obviously mike evans is not that mike evans is just like a deep threat wide receiver he's one of the most complete receivers in the game i mean he's a freak Mm -hmm. but he thrives in you know as a deep threat as that type of guy and brady is in the last especially the last two three seasons brady's not the type of guy that's going to be taking a lot of deep shots down the field if Brady and Evans can find whatever connection they had working today, moving forward this season, I, that that adds such a layer to that Bucks offense. Hey, don't forget Scotty Miller too. I can forget Scotty Miller actually. Okay. Um, that. Next game, uh, Miami and the Chargers. This was a good team and a bad team, or a decent, a decent to bad team with a bad record. Uh, it was close. It was an eight point victory. Um, it came close at the end. Um, the goat, obviously Salvin, Salvin Ahmed. Sal- was it Ahmed? It's Ahmed. I, it- I checked. Oh, I thought they said, I th- I could have swore they said Ahmed. It's spelled on- A-H. Maybe it is pronounced yeah. Ahmed. I'm not sure. I-, I, I could have swore I heard them say Ahmed like once or twice. And then Ahmed, the other ones, uh, they call seven Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Clyde Edwards, or they call him like he like, or it's yeah. They either call him well, Hilaire like, like Hilaire or it's Hilaire and they call him Hilaire. No, it's it's Hilaire or it's Hilaire, Hilaire. Whichever way they were doing it yeah. wrong the first like five yeah. weeks of the season. Yeah. Which total sidebar. How the fuck do you are you a professional yeah. broadcaster? You get a dude's name wrong. Well, it's I'm pretty sure it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, and like there's a video of him saying it. And I remember Steve Levy, who I love, I love the new yeah. mo- uh, Monday Night Football booth. I think it works really well. Um, and he just kept going. Clyde Edwards, Elaire. I think and Joe everyone, Buck was saying it too on yeah. like a Sunday night game. Everyone was like, bro, why are you pronouncing it like that? And then they showed the video where he says that's how you pronounce it. And it's like, okay, fair. Yeah. Um, takeaways from this game. Uh, Ryan like, Flores. I, yeah. That's my single biggest takeaway from this game. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's Ryan Flores was really on to something. I, after the last season, the whole, all the, like the offseason writing about the Dolphins was like, all right, they were still bad. They don't have a whole lot around them. But like, damn, Brian Flores looks like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Second in the AFC East, six wins, seven wins now, like, or six wins. Yeah. Brian Flores, he, was, he wasn't coached the year last year, was he? No, they won like four games. Do you, is he in that conversation this year? I'd, I'd say so. I'd say absolutely. I, mean, I don't know how the- he couldn't be. With the, with the talent this roster has, I mean, they're good, but they're, let's not act like they are, they're a talented roster that we just thought wouldn't come together. Like, they don't have a lot of talent on that They have team. a lot of young, good pieces, yeah. but it was a question about, like, what can you – know, how can you huh. how can you work and improve on an encouraging but ultimately unsuccessful season last year? And, and their defense is, is legit. Then, and they, and de- not, not only is their defense legit, they've shown that, like, like Tua doesn't have to do that much. And he's certainly capable of doing it because he had himself a really clean game, but yeah. it's a defense that's been winning them the, mo- the majority of these games. Again, I'd say that's a lot of credit to Brian Flores for not, not asking too much out of Tua yet. He's, this is coming, he's coming out on his fourth career NFL start. Like you can't be asking him, yeah. especially off this injury, his injuries last year at Bama. Like you can't be asking him to come out and throw the ball 50 times a game the way the Bengals are asking Joe Burrow to do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's working. But there's also I mean, a reason Joe Burrow went first overall and Tua didn't. 
Yeah. I think even if Tua was healthy, Burrow probably goes first overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the type of thing where, like, you, you never know. You can't yeah. really play that game. Yeah. But, I, I mean, think realistically, Burrow probably do. goes first overall if two is healthy. Yeah. Love, love to see Brian Flores, expatriate, joining along lines of, uh, of Bill Belichick disciples that have worked out really well when they typically the defensive coaches. coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. That's never not worked out. Right. No. I saw this hilarious tweet. It was like, uh, well, I, I think it's safe to say that Matt Patricia was not the reason for the Patriots dynasty. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Speaking I mean, of. yeah. Speaking of the Patriots dynasty alive and well again, no, I'm kidding. Right. Um, right. Patriots come out and stun Baltimore 23 to 17. We had talked about this last week. We were like, okay, this is Bill Belichick against, you know, a really good young quarterback. That's always, you know, that should be scary for Ravens fans. But at the end of the day, the Ravens are a very good football team. The Patriots are uh, not a good yeah. football team. They're I'd say the Patriots are in that, like that tier with the Niners that are like, they're not good. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but like, they're not going to roll over. Like it is not going to be a blowout. I mean, did the Niners really not roll over against the saints? It, that's so that we'll was... save that for when we get to that game. We'll yeah. save that for when we get to that game. But like, I, we can, first of all, we have, we have to discuss why the Ravens lost this game. It comes down to one thing and one thing only. What is that? Bill Belichick sacrificing children to get turn a goddamn hurricane the last two minutes of the fourth quarter where the Ravens are trying and, to engineer a game-winning drive. And I don't know if you saw, but literally five minutes after the game yeah. had ended, clear skies. Like you're telling me there's no there's no sorcery, there's no voodoo, there's no nothing going on there. You love to see it. You love to see it. I mean, like it was pouring <laughs> those last yeah. two minutes of the fourth quarter. Like, like the last the last drive, you couldn't see the screen. No. It, it was so bad. Like the the it's not Fox. Who, um, CBS? NBC. 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 I was like, who does Sunday Night Football? <laughs> you could like fully hear the wind, like yeah. talking with the NBC mics. Like it was yeah. a full blown storm the last two yeah. minutes. Like, and as much as I, you know, obviously I'm a little, I'm not a huge Patriots fan. If you guys couldn't tell by now, really? like you almost can't. It's just it's disappointing because I think the way the Ravens were playing in the second half, the way they were slowly starting to figure out this Pats this Pats mm-hmm. defense, I think they could have done a lot more with those last two minutes if it you know wasn't blowing forty miles an hour in a driving rain that you couldn't see through. But it was, and but it was. let's let's also not act like it wasn't terrible conditions the whole game too. Obviously, it was completely it was a monsoon. Well, it went from like bad conditions, but it's still football to like, un- to like, to like basically unplayable. Yeah, exactly. to like if this wasn't in the fourth quarter, they might call it right now well, or like or delay not, it. No, not not call. It. I mean like delay it or something until like a couple. If they if they knew it was gonna clear up in like ten minutes, they might just stop it right there for a little bit. Um, look, I mean, anyways, <laughs> we, we've we've had this we've had this conversation before. I don't think this is the nail in the coffin for the Ravens can't win in prime time, and you know they they can't win when they're behind. But like, like this is a conversation we have to have. Well, what I was talking to Josh about yesterday, actually, is I think the Ravens should have been a little bit more aggressive and maybe trying to get like a Will Fuller or a yeah. some other. Uh, the, the Ravens need a number one receiver. Is basically what I'm trying to get at here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marquise Brown is really pro- good. You're in but, trouble. You're in trouble if Will Fuller is going to be your number one receiver usually. But would he not be the number one receiver on the Ravens? I guess probably be a yeah he's better than hollywood hollywood hasn't done anything this hasn't season. been doing anything this season exactly i maybe not exactly hey, well, i have well, i have soldiers well, i have soldiers you're not going to use them that was a great tweet 
The Ravens need to go out and get like get Lamar Jackson a weapon in the passing game. I love Mark Andrews. Is he really? Is he, do you want him to be your top option? I don't think so. Do you want him to have a hell of a game? But but he's not a game changer. Hmm. He's a guy that I think excels in his role that he's asked to do. That's all you can ask of a player. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the free agent class looks like this offseason, but I would imagine the Ravens are going to be pretty active there. Yeah. Clearly, they need something else in the passing game. Like yeah. Jim Harbaugh I mean, and, I, and the Ravens offense is so good at creating open throws for Lamar. But sometimes you need a guy that can go get a, can go get a 50-50 ball, go make something happen, create separation that's not just Jim Harbaugh and the Ravens scheming a you know 30-yard window for Lamar to throw a bomb into. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean. Also, Lamar is still improving. I think, feel like, yeah. you know, we, it's, I feel like myself included, sometimes I'm like, oh, the book's written on Lamar. I'm like, he is, this is his third season. Third there. year, yeah. <laughs> like, he's only going to get better. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is just the simple things of like reading safeties and reading defenses. Like he had a perfect, the perfect throw to Willie Sneed. Like that's, yeah. I'm not saying that's something he didn't do last year because he did do it, but like that MVP is a good a sign. Yeah, there's a good sign as a pocket passer. And again, he doesn't have good targets and we, I don't no. want to make excuses for him because they should be better. Yeah. Um, last point if on we're this. talking about why they're not winning games, we feel like they should. I think a big part of that is they don't have that, I'm not the even offense has like, been good. I'm not even saying you need an elite wide receiver. You don't need like a Devontae Adams. You don't need a Julio Jones type of guy. But just to get that, yeah. I'm saying I, yeah. you need a guy who's like a clear-cut number one receiver. Clear-cut number one receiver, like Jacoby Myers, you know? Right, right. I'm all, I'm all aboard the hype train, by the way. Him and Damian Harris, like choo-choo, hop aboard. Damian like, Harris, I'm about. Yeah, I, I coming into the season, they were saying that was the running back to own. And I loved how clowned I got in our fantasy league for drafting him in like the last round. And I then mean, he went on the still, IR. You deserve it. Like, when what, he went on the IR. Like, what pass running back should you ever draft? When was the last time a pass also, running back I was love, fantasy worthy? I love Rex Burkhead. I, Did you name the, your team after him, though? No, well, you, you had him. I didn't. I've never had him. That's just too good a name. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think we learned. I don't want to say we didn't learn anything about the Patriots, but I, it, I, it confirmed what I thought at least. And this was maybe me being a little optimistic because I was a Patriots fan was Just maybe they are not, they're not a good team again, but they're not a team that's going to roll over and you're going to have to work for a win against them. Yeah, I agree. The only outlier really there is the Niners game, which was awful. Um, but other than that, like, you know, they, they, they barely lost to a, like a bad Broncos team coming off of like a, a COVID com- completely like ridden week. Yeah. Um, they gave the chiefs a lot of issues <clears throat> up until like the fourth quarter without their starting uh, quarterback. Like th- this is a team that plays teams hard, but then unfortunately you got to, you know, you need a game. It's just a talent issue. Chess. Like the Pats yeah. don't have anyone. Like I remember he was back to Cam Newton and then yeah. it's like, Oh wait, no, Cam Newton still can't throw the ball consistently. Crazy. It's remember, almost like we knew that players. It's yeah. almost like we knew that Cam Newton couldn't throw the ball consistently. There are eight players on the, on the COVID list. Like we got to remember that too. Um, excuses, excuses. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, oh, ne- ne- next game. We'll start running through these. Cause there's just a little less to talk about. Um, yeah. San Francisco losing to new Orleans, 27, 13, um, it wasn't a blowout, but it, it wasn't a blowout. No. But, I mean, we the got Niners into this last week it. about like, is, yeah. you know, how well coached does it, how much does a well coached team mean when they're just yeah. on their There's seat? There's nothing team? there. Yeah. 
there's nothing the Niners can do. Like, yeah, but did they get, you know, steamrolled 38 to three like the Bucs did two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. Yeah. But this Niners team, they have nobody. Like, mm-hmm. they're so – and the, I think a big reason for the Niners' success, especially offensively last year, wasn't the individual skill of any one person on that offense. It was the fact that they had so many guys that were so versatile. When you take every single one of those guys away, like, what do you, what do you expect your offense to do? Yeah, and there's not much there. Like they're just it, I said it last week, I'll say it again. This is the the C team Niners. Like they just yeah. don't it's barely like an NFL quality roster. These are practice squad guys playing three, four like depth chart spots ahead of where you would want to have them. Yeah. Um you know, the question there's not much to discuss for the Niners. It's it's for the Saints. No. Um finally rounding into form with Michael Thomas back. Um in the rundown, we had put because it was James Winston time. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had put, Let's you know, dog. potential. Dog. <laughs> James uh, potential, potential for Drew Brees to miss time. Uh, I'll read you now a tweet from Ian Rappaport. Um, Drew Brees has been battling injuries for several weeks. He entered the game with at least one cracked rib. Now has multiple breaks along with a lung issue. I'm has told, a collapsed lung. Yeah. I'm told injured, which is fairly common when you have a a, a broken rib but again oh, tyrod taylor uh, <laughs> i'm told injured reserve is not being discussed that would mean he'd be out for at least three games so they think yeah. he can come back in the next three games because that would clear up a roster spot if not but i mean first of all hats off to drew Brees because he finished that series off with multiple broken ribs but also yeah. you know Again, it just becomes for well, the Saints. He must have like, been – I don't know if you saw Sean Payton's remarks after the game. He said he had never seen Drew Brees, like, ask to be taken out of the game. Yeah. That's – like, Multiple – you have multiple he's got, I, I, Well, and if he – I don't know when exactly the collapsed lung collapsed, for lack of a better term. Uh-huh. But I've got to imagine it, between the pain and probably having difficulty breathing, Drew Brees is out there and he's just like, I can't even – I can't even try to make this happen. Bro. I don't think something's right right now. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. And he came up to Sean Payton like, I, I can't. I can't. And he might have just been like, hey, Sean, uh, I can't really breathe right now. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, get your ass back out there. <laughs> um, again, it becomes for the Saints, like just staying afloat until everyone's healthy, which, you know, thankfully for them, they don't have, you know, like chemistry issues. Yeah. Um, Last game, we discussed this a lot. Last time, we don't really have much to discuss about. Uh, Monday Night Football, Minnesota coming in at three. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were getting into the Giants. I'll, oh. I'll save my disappointed luck for another 30 seconds. Uh, Minnesota coming in at three and five. Chicago at five and four. Really, the only change that's happened is that Allen Robinson is questionable going into the game. Yep. Uh, they have their bye week next week. So it's possible they, you know, err on the side of caution, but also they But also the Bears it. should need to win this game. It depends yeah. what the Bears want to do. If the Bears have any shot at trying to, like, keep pace in the division and grab a wild card spot, yeah. I would imagine they probably play Allen Robinson. I, I know if you uh, heard anything today, I, I've still seen him as questionable. I, I think it's just going to be a game-time decision. Yeah. Uh, coming from Stratton, this was the over-under for, uh, for Dalvin Cook. 86 yards rushing. Um, over. I, I'm, you could I'm have hesitant. said any number there, yeah. and I probably would have said over. I'm hesitant just because I think the Bears are just going to be like, well, fuck, the only thing we have to stop on offense is the run. All right, so, but you're the one who put this stat in yeah. yourself. Dalvin Cook versus an eight or more man box this season. According to PFF, he's the 90.5 grade. That's the best since Adrian Peterson's MVP season in 2012. I mean, yeah, you make a, you make a good point there. 
<laughs> that you put in. Uh, I know you're okay. Um, other than this Giants game, there's not that much to discuss. So we'll go into this Giants game. I know your answer to this. I'm going to ask it anyway. You beat the Eagles by 10, uh, 27-17. Now you're 3-7, three, se- three and seven. the Eagles 3-5-1. and one. How do you balance uh, winning with a young core, which is obviously always encouraging when you win with a young core, yeah. um, but a young core that you know is not your future, and you know winning five games in any other year would mean, you know, you just – don't have a great draft pick this year. It can mean you're when the games, the puts us in the goddamn playoffs. This year puts you in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Winning the NFC East would be the Go worst off. thing the giants Go have done in the last 10 years. I'm serious. Like what it was watch the game against the Patriots. And that's all you need to know about why this giants team should not be looking to win the division. The giants had another giants. Let's just talk about Daniel Jones for one against the, Pats, the, giants, the giants. Excuse me. You're saying you talk about the Giants game against the Patriots? Yeah. It's from two weeks ago where they almost beat the Patriots. I want you to think about or what the you Bucks, just said. Jesus. I'm so <laughs> you- I was oh. I was like, I was like, I know why you're saying yeah. that, but I was oh, like, Oh wow. I've done that <laughs> like two times long- like talking to my friends. It, it was took like you a long time too. I, I in case you hadn't realized, Tom Brady's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. I just wanted to remind you of that. The Giants box game from two weeks ago where the Giants almost beat Brady and the Patriots. Daniel Jones had like five touchdown passes. I mean, that was intentional. You okay. Bad. I don't I don't know, dude. You, it took you like 10 seconds to remember. I stared that. right at you as I said it. Anyways, Dale Jones missed no less than five touchdowns that game. Like the Giants could have smoked the Bucks that game, but they didn't because Daniel Jones sucks. He is not good. He's had this is the first time he's ever had back-to-back games without a giveaway. First time in his goddamn career. His start last week was his second career start with no giveaways, and both of them were against. Well, one of them was against the football team. One of them was against the other team that used to play in Washington. Daniel Jones isn't it, guys. Like I don't know how I could possibly. Strat, don't tell me that he's two and zero in his last two games. Yeah, it's the NFC East. Like a win over the NFC East is a meaningless. It is meaningless. It's the worst division in football. Like, like the Giants need so much help in so many spots. Picking 20th and sacrificing any ability to land like an elite game-changing player. It, it, what is it worth? We, making the playoffs so we can get stomped by some random wild card team? Like what? Like literally look at the NFL and someone tell me in the comments, comment on our on Spotify page. Send me a goddamn letter. Tell me who the Giants are better than out of the NFC East. It's nobody. There's not a team in the NFL that I think the Giants. Jags. I think Giants Jags would be a hell of a Thursday night game. <laughs> oh God, I'm serious. Do they play this week? Do they no, play they this don't. Year? They don't play. Okay. Giants Jags is one of the is a great Thursday night game. I the Giants might apparently aren't even the worst team in the NFC East, which is again is not saying a goddamn thing. You're one of the best teams. Actually. We're only a game back from the division lead. The Giants can't win the NFC East. Like, that would set this franchise back so far. The only way I want the Giants to win the NFC East is if somehow we go, like, fucking 9-7. Yeah, if, that's encouraging. That's that. encouraging. Okay. But if we win, winning the NFC East at 5-11, and at 6-10, and yeah. that does not help anybody. Yeah, so Dave Gettleman can buy another goddamn interior yeah. defensive lineman. It's it's important it's important to 
it's important to remember that with the draft order, it's by standing. It's not by record. So if the Giants, yeah, yeah, if the Giants, win, five, if Giants yeah. win the division, yeah, because well, I saw a couple of tweets. It was like I, I saw a couple of tweets. It's like the Giants might win the division and also pick like tenth. No, like, no, it not how it works. Pick like twentieth <laughs> or something like that. Um, let's just run through the rest of these games. Just one thought on them. Uh, Washington loses to Detroit 30 to 27. This was one of those games where like, we were like, literally no one gives a shit about it. And it ended up being a a really good game. game. Yeah. I uh, I just love watching. I realistically, I wish Washington would have won. So the giants wouldn't be Mm. alone for second. It is also kind of fun watching Washington blow a lead. Yeah. I, that's the worst part is like i love watching all these nfc east teams well, lose washington didn't blow oh, washington didn't blow a lead they they stormed back or, yeah duh. Well, they, they were down 17 watch them lose in the last yeah. second is what i'm down 17 to 3 alex smith obviously having to throw the ball around everywhere went 38 of 55 with 390 yards that's not quite an alex smith line just because there's too many yards there for Way him. too many yards <laughs> but classic classic throwing for like 300 yards with no touchdowns 400 yards <laughs> yeah basically um Anything else? Four and three. Uh, low key, name, Detroit. Name, name the comeback award, the Alex Smith Award. Call yeah, day. Hundred uh, percent. Low key, Detroit. Four and five. Low key. Low lowest, key. lowest of keys. Um, Denver got walloped by yep. Vegas, thirty-seven <laughs> to twelve. I don't think Denver's a terrible team, but I mean, Vegas just keeps taking care of business. They're, they're I think a team. The same way I was talking about the Bills, kind of like being. Almost, or at least Josh Allen in particular, almost exactly what we expected, which was streaky, but still needs needs some polish to move into that real top tier. I think this is the same with Vegas. Are they good? Yeah, sure. Do they need to improve in a lot of ways? And have they maybe gotten a little bit lucky against some teams that they should have lost to? Yeah, sure. Nine and nine and seven, ten and six, maybe. I don't. I don't see this Vegas team as a as anyone that's going to make any noise in the playoffs. I mean, that's an ab- that's still an absolute win if you win nine games this year. Oh no, it's a win. But I'm saying like this. There's, there's nothing about this Las Vegas team that's like, just, you know, stop everything. Like watch out, Kansas City. Yeah. Like, no. Literally watch out like no AFC teams. It's watch a super it. crowded AFC, so they maybe they, they beat be someone and maybe they beat someone in the wild card. I mean, look, we like have they got? I think they've gotten. I think they've probably outperformed a little bit. I don't know what they're. Yeah. I don't know what sure. their like preseason predictions look like personally. Probably, it's probably like six wins. I had them winning like four or five games. I think like I don't remember what I thought about them preseason, but they're good. I mean, that's all I got it on them. Yeah, uh, Houston and Cleveland. Cleveland winning a stinker of a game uh, again. Just terrible weather. Uh, Cleveland wins ten to seven. Uh, they again they beat the two win team by three points. Um, you know, Dick Chubb back. Obviously, he hates betting because everyone saw that play where he ran that out of bounds. That was hysterical. Hilarious. Browns, Obviously, Browns the right play. Three and a half, too, wasn't it? Or three. Right. And a half. Wasn't it Browns minus three and a half? It was minus three and a half, and then it turned into four. Either way, they missed it because that's Dick funny. Chubb ran out of that's bounds. That's so funny. But that's the right call. And, like, it, it's so funny just thinking about that Todd Gurley one there because Nick Chubb is, like, what, 24? And he had the mindset to – and he should have gone down. He shouldn't have gone out of bounds. And he he admitted that after well, he was no, like, Gurley or Chubb? Chubb. He should, absolutely should have gone out of bounds. That was the right play. No, no, no. Or he should, have, well, he should have gone down. He should have gone down there. Like taking a knee is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I know. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't make a huge difference. But like his complaint was that he didn't just go down, right? Like Todd Gurley fell, <laughs> fell into the end zone. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
You know, it, it's really I'm hard worried to if I'm Cleveland. Yeah, I'm worried if I'm Cleveland. You should have smoked Houston. Like Cleveland's yeah. whole strength of their team was supposed to be the running game. And the worst part about Houston think, is their run defense. And if you can't get the ball running against Houston in a, a day where you should be running the ball because it's a miserable day weather-wise out, mm-hmm. that's concerning. Like you beat Cleveland yeah. and or you beat Cincy and Houston by a combined six points. The Browns, like uh, according to Browns insider Joshua Hayden, the Browns should have been smoking these teams. And I yeah. don't think he's as much as our friend Josh likes to maybe overhype the Browns a touch. I think he's right in that the Browns should have beaten those teams yeah. by a lot more than six points combined. Mm-hmm. They they sh- they should have been like double digit wins if they wanted to prove that they are uh, well, you know they can make some noise. Exactly. If the Browns want to say they're one a good team in the NFL, you have to beat terrible teams like the yeah. Texans and the Bengals. It's I just find it really interesting. Um, you know, the Browns have just gotten a lot of flack the last couple of years because they haven't been last able to couple figure. Of years? Let me finish my point, God damn it. They've gotten flack the last couple of years because they haven't quite used OBJ to the best of his abilities. And this is a term we use a lot more in basketball. It's, you know, gravity. How much gravity does a player have? When you have OBJ out there, it clears up a lot of other things yeah. in the passing game. All of a sudden, Jarvis Landry's your number one receiver. Not good. You don't want that. You don't want Three, he's four a good years receiver. you're happy with it. Yeah. But not he's anymore. a good receiver, but you don't want him being in this. Strat blowing up the hearts on the live stream. I love it. I, I love it. it. Uh, last two games, uh, Jacksonville gives Green Bay a scare. Green Bay only won by four. Um, gives him a, I, you take that 90 yard. I look, it, it, punt returns count just as much as any other uh, touchdown count. That was terrible coverage. A 90 too, yard punt return yeah. for a dude who hadn't been returning kicks until two weeks ago. Like, yeah. I, that's the type of fluke play where you're similar yeah. to what we said about Brady and the Bucks getting stopped by New Orleans. That's the type of thing where he's like, shit, yeah. we gave up a 90 yard punt return touchdown to a dude who just started returning kicks two weeks ago. Like I, uh, I, in my survivor pool, uh, two lives, I'm down to one life. I picked green Bay this week. Wow. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> wedding. I had, I had the Colts I had the Colts a couple weeks ago when they came back against the Bengals I had the Saints when they came back against um, the Panthers that one oh, wow. week. Like, yeah, I've been sweating the last couple of weeks, but uh, I have Steelers and Jags, knock on wood, should not be sweating this up. What's on the line for the survivor pool? What? What's it's on the just, line? It's 20 bucks each, and I think there were 15 participants, winner takes all. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. I'll take it. Uh, last game, uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. We really wanted to see Ooh. what Joe Burrow would do. <laughs> They never. I was, like, I was like, I was actually very like. Obviously, you know the the person to me who pretends to know a thing or two about the NFL knew this was going to be a, a blowout game. Yeah. The fan in me and the guy who likes watching young quarterbacks was like, I don't know, maybe Joe Burrow can make something happen. Find some magic, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then yeah, the Steelers are you know nine and zero, best team in the league. Well, tell me what you and think. Joe about Burrow the- looked like a rookie. Tell me what you think about this because this is a really interesting point I heard on the PFF podcast. They were the reason they were more excited for this game than say the uh, Bengals Ravens game earlier, which we know how that ended, um, was the fact that not only are the Ravens really good on defense, but they have so many unique pieces. They throw so yeah. many weird looks at you that it's like Joe Burrow looked bad in that game, and he was also so confused. He had yeah. no idea what to He's do. He's never seen a defense that yeah. complex in his life. Week three, I think. Now it's week nine. He's seen a, a decent amount of defenses. He's getting used to it. And this is a Pittsburgh team that like they have players like Minka Fitzpatrick and they have absolute game records on the defensive line, but like yeah, they're just why? gonna blitz, they're just gonna blitz the shit out of you, right? Like 
highest rate in the league, right? Are they still the highest rate in the league? Or I, I don't think, know. I think so. It might have changed after this week. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, it didn't matter. Big Ben yeah. just picked apart the Bengals defense too. 27 of 46, 333 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I still think Big Ben is probably a little better than Philip Rivers, question mark. But they're in the same category. Same right? tier, yeah. yeah. They're same the same tier. tier as you hope they don't have to win games for you, but they're still good enough yeah. that if you can keep the pocket clean for them and they have enough talent that they can pick you apart. Obviously, the Seals are still a better team. Last point on Joe Burrow here. I, The smallest, smallest part of me feels bad for him because look at the last two MVPs in this league, Lamar and then Patrick Mahomes. Neither one of them, they both won MVP in their second season in the league. Yeah. Joe Burrow better get his shit together. You better have an MVP next season, though. Like, <laughs> it's like Joe Burrow has won the MVP for the Cincinnati Bengals, who won their fourth game in the last week of the season. Obviously, he threw I, for eight thousand yards. <laughs> I don't want to say obviously he's not going to win MVP next year, but I mean, Joe Burrow looks every bit the part of a guy who deserves to go number one overall. Is yeah, kind of what I'm saying. There's a silver line. I mean, look, we talked about it before the season. Best case scenario for the Bengals, Joe Burrow shows a lot of promise and they're really bad and they get a yeah. good pick. Like that's that's really the 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 crux of it. Uh, we got no mailbag questions, which is cool. Well, are we not getting into our bets? Oh, right, yeah, we, yeah. tonight? Sorry. Uh, no, we didn't have anyone no. going. We can just uh, run through what our bets were. Uh, rough week I, for me. I ended up not taking I, I ended up not taking the Browns minus three and a half in, in the video I tweeted out at the end. Uh, who did I take? I had Seattle plus one and a half. Obviously that didn't work out. Uh, Pittsburgh minus seven. That was an easy cash. And then the last one, the last one was Miami. I no, I it was the Buffalo. No, I had Miami. With you. Yeah. I, I had Buffalo plus two. And we fucking pushed. <laughs> yeah, that was a push. So we're I'd just going to lose. I would yeah. literally rather lose. We're, we're not going to count that in our records, but yeah. um, I, we can, well, it'll be a little asterisk. We pushed. Yeah. Uh, Ben missed on Baltimore minus seven. A lot of people. Uh, that was, I actually saw something. It was the most bet on spread that week. Uh, this really? Past week. Yeah. I had seen, I got a, a bleacher report notification that I think Buffalo, no, Seattle received like 90% of the bets at plus one and a half. I thought I saw that was Baltimore from William Hill. Either way, neither of them worked. So yeah, either way, people lost <laughs> a lot of money. Um, uh, you hit on co- Miami. Hit on Miami. And I literally might bet that Kyler parlay the rest of the season. Yeah. They Kyler should, it should over be rushing like yards and anytime touchdown. Like, yeah, take that. <laughs> um, power rankings. We're going to wait until Thursday. Um, go check out our Twitter and our Instagram because we have our schedule for the rest of the week. Uh, but just in case you didn't see it, um, this episode is going to be up in a little bit on, uh, on Spotify, anchor, um, Google pods, Apple pods. And of course, Breaker. Breaker. Uh, we're going to be on YouTube as well. I hope uh, like the executives at Breaker somehow. They're like, they're like, oh my God, yes. Sign an exclusive deal with Breaker, I'm there. Uh, this podcast that gets like 15 listeners an episode. Let's make it 20. <laughs> Let's make it 20. Facts, facts. Um, we Tomorrow, uh, we're going to have the uh, the editor-in-chief, the, uh, the site expert for Air Alamo, a site that I write for, San Antonio Spurs site. He's been doing a lot of draft stuff. Uh, Ethan Farina is going to join this complete draft breakdown who each take each team should take. He just had a new mock draft go out. You should check that out. Uh, we'll tweet out a link and we'll link to his, uh, to his site. And then on Thursday, we're going to talk about everything with the NFL, kind of what's been going on in the NBA with the draft. And also hasn't been much going on in the NBA today. You know, yeah. Kind like of we, slow, slow week for basketball. I mean, kind of like how we yeah. kind of 
hinted at before James Harden probably wants out at this point. Uh, DeMar DeRozan picked up his, his, uh, his option, which is not huge outside of San Antonio, but it could be big yep. um, cause it's on an expiring and other things like that. Uh, ben, you got anything else? Oh, besides, I feel we should give some love. D3 had a game this week. I was literally going to get, I was wondering where you were yeah. going with that. It, it was, it was a fun game. And also Cortica was awesome to see. Nice. That was clever. I thought you were talking about Cortica the whole time, not oh no, no. Marshall Marine. <laughs> Let's talk about the actual D three game that got played this week. Let's talk about the one that actually mattered, though. Sorry yeah, for yeah, Cortica. Yeah, Cortica. Um, I thought that was awesome. They got a lot yeah. of awesome alumni to uh, fill in for our calls, which was funny to poke fun at Ben. For that was brutal. They they really oh, just that was in. so bad. <laughs> I I thought it was cool though. This it was cool, cool, but do it in reverse order i don't want to name names for some of the alumni that maybe i wouldn't have chosen to put in the broadcast <laughs> bruce beck makes all the sense in the world ed cohen makes perfect sense i'm just saying i'm just saying hey come on shout out jake asman come on jake he's asman called, makes perfect he's, sense he's called, and, and brendan burke they've called games before and i think me o'brien worked on bombers for a little bit did she? I think I think I think she I'm like 99% sure she did some sort of football stuff while she was there. I mean it makes sense. She's I make she covers sense. An, yeah. She covers an NFL team, honestly. Even if she did, I'm yeah. fine with that. Um I thought I, I was texting Jake a little bit, um, because I, I think he had a show while it was going on, but yeah. it was funny how it was just like it was like call going, like the game, blah blah blah, going along, and then it's just like Hi, I'm Jake Asman. I was really drunk watching the game last year, and here we are in the middle of the play. Let me call it. Right it was like, it's a really cool. I was talking with John Vicari about this. It was a really cool idea to bring like the alumni in to do the call, oh. like the calls of the big moments. So poorly executed. Yeah. Like you don't introduce the I alumni. Thought, I thought it was still cool though. Cool, but poorly executed. Like you don't introduce yeah. the alumni. You don't like, but also like that's not, you and I can both attest to this. That's not how play by play works. Like having someone yeah. write out a call and then read it over a video is not quite yeah. the same. Yeah. I thought, I thought, you know, at the end I'm of the day, I'm also more just, than a little bit salty that they. Yeah, oh, yo, you're very salty. Calls. I'm I'm not salty because the way it worked out, it was literally like they filled in the play by play and then went right into color commentary. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought it was great. You know, it was it was, <laughs> it was definitely a little weird at first watching like a replay of a game that like we worked on. It was like our voices, uh, but yeah. once I kind of got settled into like, I think it was once I got past like, because I mean, obviously, I've spent. I've listened to the entirety of the Cortica audio, I don't know, four times over at this point, five times over. Like I've listened to every goddamn snap of that game. And normally I'm listening to it, like trying to work and like figure out what I want to put on my reel. It was nice to just watch it as yeah. a game instead of trying to like analyze it and like think about like how I'm never going to get a job. Yeah, true. Well, you want to know something for me? I've never called a game on TV before. Neither have I. Well, you've done color commentary, at least for basketball. Never done play by play. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was just watching it and I was like, wow, I've never actually gotten to experience this before. This is pretty cool. Pretty crazy, man. It's pretty dope. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to all of Ithaca and uh Roll and for getting that. Yeah, of course. Always scope bombs. Uh Ben, you got anything else? Nope. All righty, cool. <laughs> He's been Carlton on Matias Wallen. We will catch you tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We will be live and that episode will be posted. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you soon.